3: How are you doing? Good morning. You're listening to the Arts House on Corks ninety six FM and C one hundred three. It's Elmarie Mall at the microphone with you until ten. Connor Talons also here in studio.
1: Oh, delighted to be here. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> actually, you know, coming in on the road, I was just listening to Pierce saying fog continues throughout the morning, and of course, uh, you know, those big signs they have hanging over the motorway and the South Link and that sort of thing, and they were saying fog ahead, and it was only as we got closer to Cork City that it actually did become more. More dense. Now we can see right across the city here from Broadcasting House. On a really bad morning, you can hardly see past the rooftops on McCurton Street. But we can see we can see a good deal, but it is foggy out there. But what I felt about it was the sun was trying to break through and it was one of those kind of like early morning summer hazes kind of yeah. thing. So it might have a bit of promise for us later on today. Just be positive. We'll still get outside uh, somewhere on a Sunday. And if not, we have things you can do and book as you get on through the course of the week. Lots of things for you to go and see.
1: Okay. And I'm having a look around the programme of events that are taking place, not just next Saturday in Nano Nagle Place with the Cork Decorative and Fine Arts Society in the company of Tom Spaulding, but we're having a look at a little trip you could make over to Turner's Cross the following week and look at some amazing church architecture and from there to beyond their programme for next year, all of that in one small interview that's coming up very shortly. Their show is just as varied as ours.
3: We'll also be talking to members of the Cork Youth Orchestra live in studio later on today as they get ready for a big gala celebration with True Tides in City Hall on the 21st. Dying to talk to them. We'll be taking a look at what happens with O'Vail. I'm just delighted to be chatting to Paul from O'Vail later on. And we'll also be talking to Karen Ray from the UCC Players about a production of Educating Rita in the Olimax of UCC to which she is going to be giving away tickets. So, all that to come between now and ten. Do hope you can stay with us. The text and WhatsApp as always and I can see, you know, when I sit in the chair, the screen is popping up in front of me, obviously, and I can see all the lovely messages of concern and love for poor Wayne, who can hardly talk and finish the show, and it's just brilliant. There really is such a fantastic radio family here on a Sunday morning. We're delighted to see uh, everyone just giving Wayne the thumbs up for getting through that. So, well done and speedy recovery, indeed, to Wayne. Uh, the backbone of many a show here now, 0833 96, 96, 96 as always, is your text for continuing, and we're going to start off with some music from Cork's Cormac O'Cueve Building My Ark from his album Swim, Crawl, Walk, Run
4: <laughs> I feel there's a wind coming my way making me pay I'm building my ark knee time apart follow the heart pale the best Things for you You rolling river We'll burn Brighter Than life Don't know where to turn The river's too deep The mountain's too steep I'm building my ark The old man is lost To dreams in his sleep hail well, the best For you, you rolling river storm, you cut in your hand, made me understand, I'm building my ark, a testament to how you got me through, and the best things for you, you golden river.
3: A gorgeous album i have to say there's such a fantastic collection of songs on that from uh, when my kids grow too old to hold hands which is a really sweet one for parents everywhere to that one i love building my arc and um, we've often played pocket full of doodling and a whole lot of other ones from that album if you haven't got it and you're building up your own collection of singer songwriters from cork and and the amazing talent that's out there at the moment do check that one out swim crawl walk run cormac O'Quive.
1: Now, if you're curious about the arts, curious about the world, curious about people, well Tom Spaulding and the Cork Decorative of Fine Arts Society has always kind of fed that appetite for us on a monthly monthly basis now over the last year and we've had a chat with them about what's coming up. They meet in Nanonagel Place on a Saturday morning. So next Saturday is their last meeting of this season. So I spoke to Tom about this week's lecture that they'll be finding out about something completely different from the last time they were around. Every single
3: month it's vastly different. You can yes. never predict what it's going to be. They really have a fantastic selection.
1: So this time round he's actually actually asking the question, and the question's gonna be posed, um, does the camera never lie? <laughs> So, <laughs>
3: when, when I take my selfies, you're talking about am I using a filter or not?
1: <laughs> so, it's an interesting question because there are, there are such things as deep fakes and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, there is technology available these days. So, let's watch you see what can be done artistically with uh, the camera and truth. Tom, great to catch you on a a nice sunny afternoon. We won't have to talk too long because I think we're both anxious to get back outside, catch a bit of sunshine. But in the meantime, if people want to gather, your last gathering of this season in Nanonagle Place is taking place fairly soon.
5: It is, yes. On the 14th of May, we'll have our last lecture of the season. And it's about an artist, a photographer, in fact, that I, I, I have to be honest with you, I'm not really that familiar with so I'm really okay. quite intrigued with what the talk's going to be about. Okay. It's by a chap called Lawrence Cunahan yeah. from UCC History of Art Department and he's going to be talking about a photographer called Thomas Ruff or Ruff. he's a German chap born in 1958 yeah. and he's new to me and that's, that's part of the joy of, of these talks is because literally every month it's something different. Last month it was the Vikings and this month we're, we're talking about a contemporary artist so, you know, we we we're just going to try and cover the spectrum as widely as we can.
1: Have you seen any uh, photographs I have pictures? indeed,
5: yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some of his work, and what he seems to be mostly interested is in the idea that, I, I think maybe, of you might be a similar vintage to myself, but the idea that we grew up with, was that the camera never lies. Um, you know, that was a saying that you'd hear, and if you saw a photograph of somebody misbehaving at a party, you'd go, oh, well, look, the camera never lies. He's got, he's got your arm, he's got his arm around you. You yeah, know, it must have happened. And, and, and likewise, you know, the idea of, like, photographic ID for passports or driver licences or all that stuff, that we all grew up with the idea that a picture of you on your passport was you, yeah? Okay. Um, whereas, obviously, in the last... 15-20 years, when you know Photoshop and other software, digital software, digital photography is yeah. available to you know almost everybody. Right. Uh, things can be manipulated a little bit, you know, touched up, like the kind of things they do in, in models for fashion, or or even you know those, the so called deep fakes, where yes. they uh, manipulate uh, you and you know, or an image of you and, and have you saying outrageous things or doing outrageous things. Uh, so rough. Um, one of his main interests appears to be in, in this idea ah. that photography does lie and that it's, it's not real, or at least it's real in a different way than it used to be. So it's quite a current idea. Okay. I think he's been working on for a while. That sounds interesting, um, yeah. Okay. It does indeed. It yeah. does indeed. So really looking forward to that. Um, so as I say, it's Saturday the fourteenth of May at Nanoneagle Place, and we kick off round about eleven am, and it's free for members, uh, but there is an admission fee for non-members. That's just the next thing, and then um, we will be continuing other events. So yeah, time, I was going
1: to ask you that there was there's more to talk about this morning than you've planned just for next Saturday. You've got something coming up on the twenty first. That's actually just a week later. And you'd like mm. people to come along to that as well, if if, if they were interested.
5: Yes, yeah, they're interested. Um, we're doing a uh, guided tour of the Church of Christ the King in Turners Cross on the morning of the twenty first of May at half past eleven. Um, there's a five euro admission fee which will cover our expenses and um you know uh, there'll be a donation towards the church as well out okay. of that yeah. and I'm going to concentrate on the sort of art and architecture of the building which as many of your listeners will know is one of the gems of Cork's mm. modern architecture an extraordinary um, building
1: i used to live next absolutely. door to it and i i used really? to I, I had no idea until one day i walked in and this amazing space just opened up inside me so i would actually ask people yes please go along to that because if you could learn more about that space rather than just visiting it it's well worth it
5: indeed indeed and it is in my opinion and i have to admit here that this actually i will be giving the tour but in my opinion okay um it is a world-class building i think it's one of you know two or three really world-class buildings yeah. we have in cork and as you say, you see the building from the outside, and you have something in mind, and then you go in, and bang, it's very impressive. And a lot of that is because there's this huge open space with no columns or or structure to yeah. break the view between the congregation and the and the, uh, and the altar. And just, I mean, it was designed for. To fit more than 2000 worshippers. Wow. Uh, and you really feel that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like a barn. There's beautiful design work in there and some lovely stained glass. Uh, and uh, really is worth worth having a, a deep, deep look at.
1: I think it's actually a miracle of architecture, to be honest with you. But you also have everything kicking off again sometime in September. So just to give people a flavor of what you get up to in the Decorative Fine Arts Society, just give me a yes, quick yes. walkthrough.
5: In September, as part of Heritage Week, we have a free event in the library. And it's a lecture by a gentleman called Jerry White, who is a military historian, but we've Kind of nabbed him, and he's going to give us a talk about Collins Barracks up on the Old Yore Road. And he's going to talk about the history of the barracks, but he's also going to talk about the architecture and buildings up there, yeah. and indeed some of some of the objects of art that um, are in the collection of the, um, the barracks and, and their, their museum up there. So it's going to be something, again, completely different. I mean, you can not really get more different no. than contemporary German photography and then, you know, <laughs> this massive <laughs> military complex right in the city centre. So we just, keep, we just keep rolling on, okay. you know. And then into October, we have a gentleman called Adrian the Haraval, and he's a curator up in the National Gallery of Ireland, and going to be talking about some 18th century painting and looking at kind of material culture in the 18th century. And then into November, we have a lady called Paula Murphy, and she's an expert in sculpture. So, you know, mm. it, 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 we, we take our remit of, of fine and decorative arts as wide as we can, and we try and mix it up and just make sure there's always something new, always something that, um, that people can learn about, you know, learn, learn, learn from, anyway.
1: Well, I would recommend people just turn up at Nananagle Place next Saturday morning around half eleven. Take the journey from there. Otherwise, I'm sure listen and look out for this spot on, on the programme, because we'll be talking again about all the activities of the DFAS. And Tom, as ever, thank you for being um, a small encyclopedia of the arts, all in your own. <laughs> oh, you're me
5: now, Thank you very
1: much for having me on. Okay, until well, we talk again, it was great. Thanks again. Bye. My apologies to Tom there for embarrassing him on the radio. <laughs> and <laughs> that's it, the
3: end of that for this season. That is the for society. the moment, yeah.
1: But they're meeting like next Saturday where we can just go up to Turners Cross and he'll take you on a tour of the church there, which is an amazing space altogether.
3: Next Saturday is.
1: That's the 14th, the following Saturday. The f- the f- yes. The 21st. Like, yeah. They, so they, next uh,
3: Saturday is Nanonegal Place.
1: Next Saturday, Nanonegal Place, half 11, and the following Saturday, on the 21st, a little special tour. So, and then. Uh, The following season kicks in around September, but he'll be back on telling us about that again, so don't worry. What so, a
3: fantastic society and such a great 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 variety a bunch of thing. just really
1: curious people like
3: you know. Yeah. And I see here actually on the text line as well this morning, um artist Claire McLaughlin has sent us the news for the next May seen unseen event. This is a gallery visit in person and online to the Void Gallery in Derry. There's such a great partnership that Claire has built up with that particular gallery as well between Cork and Derry. So It's uh, Friday, May the 27th at half past two. That is when the event takes place. Now, what they are doing, they're exploring the non-visual access to art and culture. Participation for those who are visually impaired is totally free of charge. Tactile packs will be sent to you in the post if you would like to join them online. So, if, like many, you cannot actually travel to Derry to be part of this gallery visit, they'll post you a tactile pack. You can join online and the whole thing would be guided by the artist Claire McLaughlin. And all you have to do to register for that and to get your pack in the post is to email her. And her email is Claire, spelled like the county. So there's no letter I in it. C-L-A-R-E at sceneunseen.ie sceneunseen.ie So Claire at sceneunseen.ie and she will uh, send out the packs to you and then on May 27th half past two, a virtual visit to the Void Gallery in Derry. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Come here, we were talking about the fog and the signs and the whole shebang this morning and the forecast. The sun is trying to break through. Come sun on, Gerwolf.
6: Wolf. shined unwarmly, Born the light in every palm. A little seed in every heart. A seed of love, alone a seed of joy and pain. A seed that will not only give us shelter from the rain. Little Winter leaves us like the da, da, on the board. or white as snow Pockets deep and lovely where your little prayers go la da da do da 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 dum la da da do da 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 dum la da da do da 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 dum da da the petals dance you, and the sky pours down a potion and the river takes out
3: fantastic sound there of jar wolf and uh, beautiful song shine down warmly now this time to tell you about one or two more of our gigs that are coming up over the next while
1: yeah that's one of the handy things about this show it'll save you having to look around various uh, sources and Marie and myself are doing that work for you so if you want to find out what's say, happening tonight in the city Neve Regan who we've had on the program many times is playing in Collins tonight as is, believe it or not, Ashley Campbell. Now, if you recognise that name, it's because she's Glenn Campbell's daughter playing De Barras in Clonakilty also tonight as well. So, if you're in the city, head to Collins and if you're near Clon, head over to De Barras. You've got something to do and that's the beginning of what we have online waiting for you this morning on the programme. There's tons of stuff going on around the city and the county and I'm delighted to see the Arts House opened up completely at all levels.
3: (laughs) It's quite incredible. It's so exciting. Don't forget now, last week in the programme we were talking to Keith Pascoe, the musical director of the Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra, and next Saturday is when we have that concert that he was telling us about last week. So they're going to be playing in St. Finbar's Cathedral. It's just a gorgeous program of music from Beethoven to Mozart to Wagner. And they have two fantastic soloists as well. Maria Mulcahy is going to be playing on flute. And Emer McDonough is going to be playing on harp. Um, You know, during the course of that chat with Keith last week, we had little clips and sort of little dips in and out of that concert programme. And if you just want to go and listen to an orchestra, and of course, they're also going to be joined by the choristers of St. Finbar's Cathedral as well, for the Missa Brevis by Mozart, which is a short mass, about 13 minutes long, I think he said, in length all together when you put all the music together. Um... The most beautiful, beautiful sound in St. Finbar's Cathedral for that. So it's really going to be gorgeous. Tickets are simply available at the door of St. Finbar's Cathedral on the night. What they decided to do was to just do away with advanced bookings, actually, and if you turn up to St. Finbar's on the night. so. But remember, that particular concert starts at half past seven with the Cork Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra, delighted to be marking their return to a full symphonic concert again, which is really, really exciting. St. Finbar's Cathedral, of course, if you've never been there before. Wow, did you see the photographs from the Cork Choral Festival last week online? the place looked stunning it's say is that Spain is it Paris is Westminster. it where it looked a photograph taken from it seems like high 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 yeah. up in the eaves an angle that you wouldn't get to see St. Finbar's from no. otherwise oh just spectacular lads if you've never been what a great chance to go and see that next week ok we'll take a quick break news Pierce on the way
0: The Arts House on Cork's 96FM
3: and C103. Okay then. Normally what happens on a Sunday is the two of us go home and absolutely devour (laughs) the newspapers. Your conness chair is falling apart. You just dropped the arms. But Conor's been taking
1: a look at what's making the front pages in the meantime. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. You're okay, (laughs) you're (laughs) okay. Anyway, I'm just having a look not just at the Irish papers, but I had a quick look at the English papers as well to see where the headline was there. Sinn Féin is actually dominating the front page of the English Independent with the headline Sinn Féin Herald's New Era for Northern Ireland. That's in inverted commas. The Sunday Times, the UK edition has Sinn Féin win, reawakens Brexit tensions. So if you go to the Sunday Times Irish edition, um, you actually get different takes, the same story. In this case, it's Donaldson may not take up seat as MLA, and alliance marks rise with victory in Paisley's unionist heartland. And they're the two big stories on the front page of the Irish edition of the Sunday Times. And the Irish Mail on Sunday leads with the US President Biden to visit this October. Gan Garthi planning underway for a prospective trip. And that's an exclusive by John Lee, writing for the Irish Mail on Sunday. The Sunday Independent uh, leads with MacDonald rises prospect of border poll after Sinn Féin historic election victory. However, the Irish Mail on Sunday said that the border poll was less likely now, according to a quote from Veradkar, The other main story on the Sunday Independent says that two-thirds are unhappy with the new hospital proposals, and Brendan O'Connor has a take on that under the headline of cracking the National Maternity Hospital St. Vinci Code. And Leo's war chest dinner, seen as a possible hint of early elections, is an article by Philip Ryan, also writing for the Sunday Independent on page 5. And finally, something we covered on the programme last week, announcing a new statue in Gareth of Maureen O'Hara. Well, there's been an update there where the... Second O'Hara statue has been removed after a very short run on the main street. And Glengariff. I was saying
3: we were blowing Glengariff yeah. obviously the the previous week, and actually we didn't walk around to where the statue was standing, so we didn't see the statue. I saw photographs of the statue afterwards, and you know. A lovely statue, but it wasn't Maureen O'Hara. That's the thing, I guess, really. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the cost is amazing. They're saying here that the cost of the two statues, as well as the groundworks for the chosen sites, has now exceeded 120,000 euros. Oh, dear. That's a pity, but um, look.
3: Such a pity, because the workmanship? Superb. The workmanship was actually superb, but I suppose, you know, when you have such a global icon, it has to be a likeness it just has to, to be a likeness yeah. it can't be an interpretation anyway
1: her <laughs> image lives on in memory and uh we wish them the best look, I don't know, with her search for getting that right.
3: That's going to happen. I don't okay. know,
1: interesting story.
3: Another trip to Glengareth beckons, yep. me thinks. <laughs> me thinks, me thinks, me thinks. Okay, um, speaking of Glengareth and speaking of all sorts of things, I can see um, a, a lovely request came in here, Black Rock Regatta this morning, and uh, Councillor Frick wanted to say hello to Passage West Rowing Club, um, Hazel and Elsie Simmons. Rowing in the regatta this morning on the water at half past eight in the morning. Well, what time did you get up and get out and get going? Fair juice to the lot of you. That's just fantastic. Doesn't it make you feel like summer? Doesn't it make it feel like everyone is planning holidays? You know, all the old composers, they used to plan their holidays as well. Here's Tchaikovsky's little treatment of a trip to Italy. little taste of Tchaikovsky's Italian giddiness there, the Capriccio Italian. I've played that uh, with two orchestras actually and it's just such a fun piece to play. Really, really enjoyed it and have put you in the mood for a road trip or something like that. Don't be worrying about Italy. Sure, when the sun shines, there's nowhere like Cork. We'll be back after the break with news of a play in UCC and you can win tickets to see Educating Rita. That's after this.
0: 96FM and
3: C103. The Arts House. And you're welcome back to the programme. Now, nowadays we're so lucky to be able to access education at any time in our lives. We can go to work in any job we'd like to qualify for and we can blend that with having a family if we want. But as we know, that wasn't always the case. The marriage ban forced people, women to leave certain jobs once they got married if you didn't stay in school or if you left early then the chances of getting back in were often quite slim and society at one time in the not so very distant past had clear ideas about what jobs were suitable for men or women or what you could do depending on your perceived class or social status and there was a lot of pressure on young women to give up any dreams of university, settle down and have a family in your early 20s well all of that gets a right good churning in educating Rita which has been brought to the Al-Aman- of UCC next weekend, uh, it begins on Sunday. In fact, and runs through the week. And to have a little chat about it and find out more about the UCC players who are performing, I spoke to the actress who's playing the part of Rita, Karen Ray.
7: So this is kind of the latest in the line of, of UCC players' productions. The most recent ones, uh, Dinner with the Family and Drumbeat, were in the Carraig Theatre. And we were thinking, would we go to the Cork Arts Theatre, which, we, you know, we love the Cork Arts Theatre, but we said there was something very endearing for us to set it in the university, to actually have it located in the university and played out in the university. So, look, we have this, this wonderful venue, and uh, there's kind of a novelty to it, so we're hoping that we'll kind of... Charm people as well, and I remember people kind of enjoyed the kind of slightly immersive experience of Murder on the Nile. So we're kind of doing something a little similar with this. So hopefully, people will kind of feel like they're, you know, entering an evening course in adult continuing education in in an old university, um, and kind of really feel part of it as well. So
3: I suppose that's one of the big themes of the play, isn't it? Though adult continuing education. Like at the start of the play, we meet Rita. She's young. She's a hairdresser. She's newly married and the world has her life mapped out for her and this is her moment to say hang on a second now I could have done more and she seizes it isn't it?
7: Yes I think that continuing education is kind of a big theme of this and it's something that we kind of promote as well um, you know UCC is a very proud supporter of, of this so there'll be kind of information on that uh, on the night and I think that what what I really like about this play and my team um, Jim O'Maney and Brenda Lynch who are uh, producing and directing this as well what we kind of really like about it I think is that it's about education yes but it's not a celebration of education as kind of a salvation Um, yes Rita thinks of it that way at first yes but Willie Russell has a very, you know, his very shrewd observations, which kind of, I suppose, sort of kind of critique the kind of pretentiousness that can arise of, of you know, ed- education and often the over overanalysis. Like there's, there's, a, there's a little extract, which I, I really love in the play, where, you know, later on, Frank starts to get a bit frustrated at Rita starting to overcomplicate simple, a simple poem and almost overanalyse it and getting into the kind of notions that kind of get are part of the pretentiousness of, of some street, strands of education, I guess. Um, and it's her freshness and unschooled and unfiltered perspectives that are really what drives their relationship and you know it's the whole who's the kind of student here kind of thing absolutely um, so, yes. so it's and um, I think Willie Russell as well as you know he didn't intend to write an autobiography but he worked as a, as a hairdresser and you know um, and ran a salon and, and went to open educa- open university you know night classes so um yeah I think there's a parallel there little one between himself and Rita
3: yeah so, and both characters go through quite the journey in this play and there's some incredible Incredible lines back and forth. I mean, your character, you're playing, Rita. She comes at it with all the kind of sassiness and little sharp edges to her, doesn't she?
7: Yeah, and, and kind of not in a kind of a, a brazen way, but in a in a kind of um. I suppose, yes, she's just kind of has no filter and is just, you know, um, really taken aback by this kind of new world and is just so hungry for it. I think that's what makes her kind of stand out as a student and kind of what makes Frank played by Jim O'Mani. Uh, Frank is kind of this, you know, disillusioned. I think they're both very disillusioned with their life. And Frank is this disillusioned, you know, uh, professor who is, you know, forced to kind of re-examine his attitudes to to teaching and his life. And I think when Rita walks in, it brings a whole new energy to his life as well. And he learns from her as well. And um, the relationship is really special between them. It's always been a heartwarming classic, I think, this one.
3: And it's such a popular classic. I was reading, actually, that pre-COVID, almost since this play's first run out, there hasn't been a year where... Some production of it hasn't run somewhere in the world. So it's a big thing also for UCC players to get the rights to do it here, isn't it?
7: Uh, yes, I, to be honest, this this is a play I always, always wanted to do for as long as I can remember. Wow. Um, I did not think we would ever get the rights for this. And it was just, it was kind of a casual moment where, you know, when we were kind of finishing Murder on the Nile, like we were kind of saying, yeah, I should put in a few, uh, you know, uh, notify me if the rights ever become available type you know things uh to to the license companies. So Jim ticked the educating Rita box, and we'd never thought it would ever kind of come to fruition. Um, but I think this is my guess. But I imagine that because of COVID, a lot of production shut down worldwide, and the quota that probably determines how many you know um, productions of a particular play are on at any one time just started to kind of fall a bit. So when we got the notification, you know that this was available, I said, look, we might never get this opportunity again. Mm-hmm. When we're kind of so I said, look, let's just. Let's just do it and carpe rita (laughs) and just see how it goes. It's a big undertaking, all right, but it's a guard. I think, you know... In two weeks' time it'll all be over and I think we'll really miss the characters because you just get so um, engrossed in them and their way of thinking.
3: Well you are giving listeners this morning the chance to go and join you actually as well on Tuesday the 17th so it's opening night is Sunday, this day week next Sunday the 15th but you are going to invite two of our listeners to the Olamax of UCC to see Educating Rita next Tuesday and you've come up with a gorgeous question of course tied into its author Willie Russell.
7: So yes, uh, so we Willie Russell is a very famous playwright, but he also wrote one particularly very famous musical. So the question is, name that musical. Been performed in, in in Cork a good few times, and uh, also set in Liverpool.
3: So I think you've given enough information there, Karen Ray. So. so you have. I'm so. feeling
7: li- I'm feeling nice this morning. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, of course, the text and WhatsApp line is open as always. Right now on 0833 96. 96, 96. Don't forget to put your name and details in there for me. And then, Karen, when we pick the winner there in a little while, I'll pass all the details of them to you for the Tuesday night, the seventeenth. But in the meantime, if people say okay. I'd like to go and see educating Rita in the Alamax. What a special play in a really precious and uh, unique location. A wonderful chance to see it in Cork. How do they go about getting the tickets?
7: Tickets are available online on eventbrite.ie but there's also hard copy tickets available in the UCC Visitor Centre which is located in the North Wing on the main quad up on campus. It's open every day except Sunday. So I think 12 to 5 I think is the opening hours on, on Saturday and um, yeah kind of normal 9 to 5 hours on Monday to Friday.
3: Jim, O'Mahony who plays the character of Frank and to you Karen Ray playing the character of Rita in Educating Rita with the UCC players and the Alimax of UCC starting next Sunday night. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me Anne-Marie. That's great. And the first entry in that is in already. <laughs> so, oh, they're coming in fairly fast and thick now. There you go. Uh, I know a lot of people will be interested in seeing that play, Educating Rita. And not only that, but the stunning surroundings of the Olamacs of UCC. I mean, just a few minutes ago, I we were telling you about a concert in St. Finbar's Cathedral. Here's a play in the Olamacs. Um, aren't we just so lucky to have the most incredible theatre venues and locations right around the city and all around the county. The most wonderful festivals, ha- using the most most unseen venues so go ahead, throw your entry in for this um, the play that's on is Educating Rita, it's written by Willie Russell but he also wrote a very famous musical that's often been performed in Cork, What's That Musical? So text or whatsapp 0833 96 96 96. include your name and your uh, address in that as well and as they say call me, we'll put the entries in before 10 mm-hmm.
8: And then I pick it back up, praying for your name to pop up, telling me that you're still in love, still in love with me. No matter how hard I hope, no matter how much I
9: want,
8: no matter how bad I'm broke, you still don't call, 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 call me. Taking all the time you need. If I love, if I love, if I love means anything, baby, please call, 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 call me. Can't sleep, I'm scared to dream. I'm remembering everything. That you said, what you said to me When I was yours and you were mine And I didn't have to wait all night For you to call, 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 call me You've taken all the time you need If I love, if I love, if I love me it's anything Baby, please call, call
9: Call, call me. Yeah.
8: Call, 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 call me You've taken all the time you need If I love, if I love, if I love means anything Baby, please call, 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 call me If I love, if I love means anything Baby, please call, 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 call me
3: Shin just alling a ma is a ma Shin got of course emailed me on shot our ninety six FM agus C one o three. Now in Narira, thami brain de clashant fui covid naidig nach well. We shall own nor east milis nocht gach ihe nenger, but we an omrka the on gachla. Aghenish agus an epidemic. Mm. Bjog nach hart, ta süllung, ta hlur er tijik hare nacht, eg, fiehe, a hendiök, so ta sje dänek geloort, aisekam, a fäkensche simuel, ma r willert, eirig uh, loa, dan ober, ehm, uh, madne meyruch. Age a ag gude hend, den tra, scha, faschnäsche, stere, age se olleuchte, a nacht, le rieter schkelte, nörrin schiög henne, epidemi mura elle in erin, er nos colour Agus typhus, sheath smallpox, cholera, agus typhus. Nur vish in Erin. Agus galler habish de a scap er foot natira. Rachik an starie so shielta shivra akin. Agus an doctor leis Matthew o'tuhil Sator er irsch gelta nanine adalling. Kafersul er nuall iacht at ha'tacht son o liacht er na harrahe leis agus so shielta agus er a a viach. Er so wouldn't that be really interesting now that we're kind of hoping we're all wrapping up in COVID-19 to see what the hell happened with all of those when they broke out in Ireland before and how the whole place managed and how we came through I know it's late tonight but you never know if you don't have to get up in the morning you uh, might be able to just chip back and relax and enjoy yourself Um, I'm going to take a quick break very very soon but I want to say hello to all of you who are entering that particular competition for tickets to see Educating Rita in the Olimax of UCC. Uh, of course the question from Karen Ray who's playing the part of Rita uh, is that the play was written by Willie Russell but he also wrote a fantastic musical often performed in Cork. What is the name of that musical? Text your name, your answer, your details and all the rest of it to WhatsApp or text on 0833 96 96, 96. Oh, we don't have time for Ony Whelan just now because I see news is on the way very, very soon. How about then a wee bit of the Swingle Singers treating a Bach version if you're having sort of withdrawal symptoms already from the choral festival?
9: (laughs) Ba 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 dum, 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 ba ba
0: Cork's 96FM and C103 The Arts House With Griffin's Potatoes Planted, picked and produced in Cork Griffin's Potatoes The great taste of home
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: 96 FM and C103.
3: The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the programme. And I want to wish congratulations to Olivia Manning in Kilmore, who is the winner of those tickets for Educating Rita in the Alamax of UCC. We'll remind you of that play again next Sunday as it gets going for the week afterwards. But a great, great play. Well done to all of you indeed who entered and you practically everybody gave me Blood Brothers one or two people did put in Our Day Out and Karen did say to accept that as an entry winner as well if people were interested uh, in entering the competition for Educating Rita, the Olimacs of UCC with UCC players next week Okay, coming up in this hour guys some amazing and fantastic shows and things for you to get involved in and we're going straight into a brand new original musical which tells a story I never heard of before (laughs)
2: Boys, we're down to the last two throws of the score This grudge, match between of and healer. And to me from Haber Is about to be settled The purse weighs heavy in his referee's hand And I'm ready to pay out to the winners today Just to let you know The RIC have been spotted up above a colleague, lads Not long ago So let's get to it, shall we? Now not the time to be careful or cautious Gentlemen, step right up and place your money down Last Sunday's contest was too close for comfort. Now is a golden chance to make a couple of pounds. Sing a song of sixpence, two bob, three pound, and then a fight to one will see a ride. Fortunes are to be won, throwing bullets. Time for a flutter, just don't tell the wife. Right, lads, stand back though, give the bottle a good chance. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, the title of that track is called Throwing Bullets, but I'm not sure what they're saying about don't, don't Tell the Wife. Well, to find out more about this, and in fact the whole story behind the musical called Shame the Devil, I'm joined by its writer, in fact, and I presume director, Alan Kylie. Good morning, Alan.
10: Hi, marie how's it going? I'm only, I'm only one of the writers, the other man is Kevin Conley. One uh, of the writers? My- yeah, um, I'm, I'm, it's directed by Anne Dunn, yes. Yeah.
3: Oh, Anne is directing it. Oh, excellent, of course, from the Briary Gap in McCroom, from many, many musicals. Now, listen, of course, when we have spoken to you in the programme before, it's been ahead of the incredible stories that you have turned into musicals, like Sir Henry, About Mm -hmm. Whom I Knew Nothing Before. That was just a wild ride altogether, wasn't it? And then, there was Murder at Shandy Hall. So you have a knack in a nose, I think, Alan, for finding local stories which could be seen as maybe a footnote in the greater historical uh, panorama, but you have a knack of getting to the heart of something that can be fleshed out. So, where does Shame the Devil fit into Irish history?
10: Um, It sits in basically, it's around the events of the Dripsey ambush in 1920. Uh, January 28th there was an ambush. Uh, Sixth Battalion I.R.A. had um, planned uh, of uh, of ambushing the auxiliaries which would travel from the Chrome uh, every week to get their wages in colleague, So the IRA were lying in wait for them coming from Macroom, but they themselves were ambushed from the Manchester Regiment, which came from colleagues. So there was a big massive gun battle that morning of uh, January 28th, 1920
3: that sounds absolutely amazing now i know the pattern of an ambush and that sort of thing of course is something we can find the whole way around the country and in west cork in particular i mean like our history and every child that goes to their local primary school nearly has a chance to learn about their local ambush uh, around this time in ireland's struggle so what made this particular one stand out to you as being one that had a twist in the story or an element of the story that could be fleshed out into a full stage production.
10: Yeah, so basically as as that ambush was ambushed on the morning what became clear to those men uh, there uh, was that they had been given away by somebody and it transpires that they were uh, Basically, the the authorities were told by a lady called Maria Lindsay, who was a local landed lady from from Colchford, originally from from Banbridge, but she had retired here with her husband John, but he had died at this point. So she was she was very much pro British, very much Old Testament in terms of religious outlook. She didn't mm-hmm. suffer fools as she saw them at all. And she did what she wanted to do. Um, her brother-in-law, also uh, uh, William Lindsay, was uh, was in the Manchester Regiment. And every week, she, she would actually hold a ball for British soldiers in her home in Leemount House in Coltrude. Stuff? So Are you serious? Was, yeah, she was. Uh, she was a very wealthy lady. Uh, John uh, John uh, Lindsay was actually a, a linen lord. So back years, the basically Victorian. Uh, super wealthy people.
3: Isn't it amazing? Uh, right, like yeah. Inishannon Shannon, of course, had a huge linen industry as well. We forget yeah. all of those old things that are gone and the the whole culture and circle and social circle and scene that surrounded all of them. Yeah. So there she is having her ball every week, awesome. every week, mind you.
10: Yeah, every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just just is to, just to set the, the tone of the, mm. of the time you, you had on 28th of November, you had the Kill Michael ambush and the 11th of December in 1920, you had... Uh, the burning of Cork City, yes. so uh, the events of uh, on this, the 28th of, uh, of January 1921, the countryside is basically a tinderbox. The city's been wiped out. You've killed Michael, you've got uh, ambushes in, in Terrellton and all over the place. Anywhere where there's a monument, the countryside was at war yeah. with the authorities. So so that's, within this, within this backdrop, this uh, lady, Marie Lindsay, got word of it. It's kind of there, there are a couple of theories of how she found out, but what she did do, she let known a local uh, Catholic priest called uh, Ned Shinnick. He sent a man, two of the men that were laying waste at Godfrey's Cross, where the ambush was, and then she drove to Balnacullombe barracks herself to her brother-in-law. So he, they were, they, she, five. I think it was five tenders were sent out that morning. Some seventy men ambushed twenty-five IRA volunteers that morning. So. um, so so some men were taken uh, prisoner then. They were injured. There was also uh, two men were seriously injured. Jim Barris, who was the quartermaster of the 6th Battalion. He actually lost his life later. Uh, Dennis Murphy was another man lost a leg and was sentenced to life in prison. And there was five men then. Daniel O'Callaghan, Patrick O'Mahony, Timothy, McC- Timothy McCarthy, Tommaso O'Brien, and John Lyons. They were executed later in Victoria Barracks held against Mrs. Lindsay. So the story is basically the countdown between two lots of hostages, if you will, mm-hmm. between the IRA volunteers and Mrs. Lindsay, who was disappeared by the IRA then. So that's the, that's the story in a, in a nutshell, as best as I can uh, narrow it down for you.
3: In as much as you can put it down in a nutshell, um, but yeah. the thing is, when you come to create a play about it then, mm. and all of the research that you would have been doing, you uncover all sorts of interesting details and small things. And that takes a long time, I imagine, Alan.
10: Yeah, well, we, I, I, like COVID didn't help anybody. We we were due to go for the 100th anniversary of the event um, for 2021, but obviously we got shut down. This is our third attempt to put it on, just with, as you can imagine, with the restrictions of people being able to gather indoors. So yeah, uh, yeah, lots of, there's lots of details. There's, there there are so many things that you just it's it, you could you could spend. There, there are three books on the subject. Uh, there's, there's the old there's an old book from 1974 called Execution, written by a man called Sean Callahan. But there there are two other uh, books written in this area as well. Um, on the subject and that they're very, very detailed. So there's there's a lot of information out there.
3: Yes. So when we, when it comes to writing a musical about it and not just yes. a book or a stage play, you know, part of the function of songs in a musical isn't just to illustrate a point, it's also to move the story along. Tell me about that song we started, The Hour There With, Throwing Down the Bullets.
10: Yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a fun number. Mm. Basically, on the morning uh, of the ambush, um, Mrs. Lindsay, w- or basically, well, it wasn't actually on the, on the morning, but Mrs. Lindsay was very well-to-do, and she uh, surrounded herself with the highest with of the highest. Lord Bandon would come to her home. Um, she would always uh, ask for officers, always officer class, to, to dance with local ladies in her home at these balls. Yeah. Um, and she was also a good friend with uh, Lady Bone Coldhurst, who at the time would have owned Dripsy Castle, and all the townland's around. So we have it in the story that Mrs. Lindsay was due to meet Mrs. Bone, called her that morning, but she got delayed by uh, a, um, a a bowling match, a score that was going on that morning. And at, at the time, so because of the the paranoia of from the authorities, the RIC banned uh, any groupings together. So the drawing bullet is actually, a, you're listening to a bowling match going on live. And that's that's the story behind that particular number. yeah.
3: we have another song that we're going to uh, listen to a piece from now. This is called Far Away. Tell yeah. us about the character who's singing here and what we're listening to.
10: Yeah, so Mrs. Lindsay again. She she went through. She had a very high turnover of staff, and she if she thought that anybody had was Catholic or had uh, Republican leanings, straight away they were gone. So we we have taken license with the fact that our characters that we've created are on with this narrative of the, the historical facts are uh, staff that walk in the house and we we created this, this young girl called Maude O'Brien and basically she it, it transpires within the show that she, she has various uh, obstacles to overcome but she decides that she's just going to emigrate Madness to to America in the end you know. Surely there's
11: better times when She's here. Which is here in my heart I can be happy Make a brand new start
3: I love that, Alan. That sounds gorgeous. And I love the way that that also illustrates how many of the layers you've endeavoured to unfurl and show as you tell this particular story. So when you're staging it and people want to go and see it and uh, I suppose dive into this particular story with you of ambush, uh, abduction and execution and Irish life at a very, very troubled time in our history. Where can they see? Shame the devil, the musical, and
10: when? Well, we, we can you can see it from next Saturday on. We we, we have six dates in cultured uh, GA Hall, which is uh, the way it fell. We're actually two miles from the ambush side and two miles from Mrs. Lindsay's house. So we're slapping in the middle of all of these events, geography-wise. Uh, so we're on May 16th, oh, sorry, 14th, 15th, 16th, 21st, 22nd and 23rd. Um, so that's the next two weekends and then we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll be able to take it into the city then again after that uh, as we've done previously
3: I know that when people know you're the same team that did Murder at Chandy Hall and Sir Henry there'll be a lot of excitement and people are going, oh my god I definitely will be heading along to see that again so um, how can people book the tickets and are they nearly gone already for the first weekend?
10: Uh, no, there's still tickets available you can get them on the door or you can buy them at eventbrite.ie. Um, we also have a website which is shamededevellmusical.com. And that will take you, all the links will take you to the ticketing wherever you need it.
3: Absolutely. Listen, Alan Kiley, co-writer of this particular musical, Shame the Devil, telling a fascinating, fascinating story. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank
10: you, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Bye bye.
3: Take care. Bye bye bye. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be live with the Cork Youth Orchestra right after this.
0: The Art House on Cork's
6: 96FM and C103. How many doors did you lock to get in here? How many places did you run away from out of fear? She said you're hiding away, don't you lie to yourself. A crack in the dark I feel like the light come shining in through the curtains of your room through the curtains of your
3: All right, now we were very kind of relaxed all morning, and if that's shaken you out of any kind of complacency, I'm so, so glad to be joined by director Tomas McCarthy in studio live this morning to be talking about the Cork Youth Orchestra concert and by orchestra members Killian uh, Okosick and Anna Jensen. So, good morning to all three of you and welcome in.
12: You can say hello. Thank you you very much. You know, (laughs) you're the two
3: leaders of the orchestra. I'm told, so a very, very special welcome indeed to the two of you. Important jobs. Listen, Thamos, the excitement of being back in studio with the Cork Or Youth Orchestra in rehearsal and getting ready for performance in City Hall. You know, it's been a drought, and to kind of maintain a connection with any sort of a choir group club. But with a
12: 130-piece orchestra, it's yeah. been tough. Yeah, it's been tough. And we were prepared to come back, you know, at, the, at a moment's notice with this pandemic. And uh, we had all our safety precautions in place. Uh, we had seven HEPA filters. We did everything, more than what you could do. And every time we thought we could come back, you know, like everything else, we didn't get back. But luckily, uh, we, we, we were afforded an opportunity to move to the Ursuline Secondary School uh, last July. And we spent the summer moving in uh, some acoustic alterations to the to the hall. And with the principal Patrick Macbeth behind us fully and his board of management, and we started last September, and we've been there every Saturday. So if doors open, the members freezing, wearing masks, extra coats, uh, socially distanced inside the hall. Like we're using the full width of the hall. It's twenty five meters long, and you know, the flutes and the and the and the, the woodwind and the brass were twenty five mm. meters apart.
3: Yeah, yeah, I get all that, but the yeah. doors open in the middle of winter and have filters yeah. on. When yeah. you come as far as the hemi demi semi quavers, that's a bit tough in the old fingers if yeah. they're blue. But see the most. The important <laughs> thing here was
12: it wasn't about the music in September. It just wasn't about even about a performance. We knew we wouldn't have a performance. It was about bringing 130 at the time it was 135 members together so they could meet their friends. Mm. And at the break out, they went and were out on the on the hockey pitch under floodlights and they're playing soccer or just meeting their buddies with no masks on. That was, that was the most important thing at that time. And we hoped we'd do our snowman matinee at Christmas. That didn't happen. Uh, we ended up playing the, our snowman matinee to the 10 attending parents on duty that night in December, but so we did the full show.
3: <laughs> I'm almost
12: crying. And just all thinking the parents were out in their cars and it was tough, but we had to run yeah. out. We have a product. We have, we're ready for next year. We ran it. We brought Sean O'Brien over to France. He did his drawings. We did the whole thing. It's January and you know, and then fortunately City Hall we had a date in April and it was just too soon for us. It was a couple of weeks notice and they opened a date for us on the 21st and we just jumped at it. So how to put a concert on? Where were we last? Well, we were with two tides. We've all had this break. So the title was going to be uh, Bridging the Gap. So it's Bridge the Gap, Connect It Up, Move On. And they're just so full of energy. We're, I love we the idea, actually, night.
3: of that title of Bridge the Gap. We, you know, have the pre-COVID... And and now, you know, what we, we hope is sort of yeah. an emerging post-COVID era. Bridge the gap and let's move on. You yeah. know, Cara um, O'Sullivan, God rest her. She was just such a joy to ever work with. But she used to always say, build a bridge. Get over it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that was one many of her times. catchphrases many times indeed.
12: Something else,
3: yeah, yeah. So, And uh, she brought all that sort of energy, but True Tides, you were saying they were in at rehearsal again. I'm going to lob the ball over to Killian and Anna um, to ask you what it's like rehearsing with a band. This is not your first time, obviously, rehearsing with True Tides, but what is it like rehearsing with a band and orchestra together?
2: Um, it's interesting because um, the first time we played with True Tides, um, it was our first time experiencing anything like that but it was it was really cool um and really fun because as tamas said they're full of energy and they just brought life to the orchestra so um it's the same this time around it's probably even better since we've missed it for the last two years
3: it's like meeting old friends because you've done a gig already
2: yeah exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and they're so nice and everything you
3: know all you want to do is say take us on tour lads Yeah. That's the next, that's the (laughs) next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the things I noticed as well, um, about what you've been doing in lockdown, you pre lockdown, or was it in the early stages of lockdown? Pre lockdown, you had begun this scheme to plant trees. So yeah. tell me about that. Trees for Change was the fantastic yeah, well, campaign
12: it, you ran. Well, I think climate, climate has become a big issue for everybody. And I think it's, it's a, it's a become a very, uh, a, a, basically a focal point for us and what we do. Uh, our trees are, are up and running and they're growing out on Tremor Valley Walk. And, uh, our, our, one of our parents, Bernice Ridevald, who takes all our photographs, has taken photographs recently and they're blooming again and, we're going to put them in the foot we're going to make a big article in our concert program. We just completed a music video with the Irish MC in Mozambique.
3: I actually have yeah. a piece of that yeah. track. Yeah. And what I wanted to do was ask you about recording that, Anna, because I can see, you know, whenever any of us go to City Hall and we're watching The Snowman, uh, Thomas is there with the headphones on, the screen is behind and you're conducting in this such difficulty, and we've talked about that in the program before, playing live music to a film and making sure every single sound effect and moment happens musically at the right time. But for this recording with the DJ in Mozambique, every single person in the orchestra is wearing headphones, and that's a totally different experience. Tell me about recording this.
13: Um, Well, I think just with the headphones, like, it's, I don't know, it's just it, it just makes it a lot easier for us to keep together and just to. It, it doesn't feel like it's so different from playing live. Like the recording experience is something totally different and something really cool that we were able to do in like, as well as performing on stage and, and I don't know. It's yeah. it's a cool experience.
3: <laughs> really, really different. But have how much of a conversation have the orchestra members had amongst yourselves, or do you chat amongst yourselves about this trees for change and about that kind of collaboration? What does it feel like as members to be part of something like that?
13: I think it's kind of incredible to be honest. Like, especially when we were planting the trees and like really just doing the work ourselves, and like we were able we were able to see those trees, and like we were able to see that we were doing we're doing our, what we can to help. You know. And I think it's incredibly important and I think it's really amazing that, I don't know, we're taking the initiative a bit, yeah.
3: Yes, for the next generation and for the generations to come. Um, Carl, we're going to listen to a little bit of the track which is called Crescendo Verde, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll come we in be there. a
9: <laughs> children are crying Cold is becoming cold
4: is becoming
6: Let's water Start mm-hmm. Indoor the natural disaster mm-hmm. Aviation clouds
9: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is Karma We
12: are This is good. That's killing the nature mm-hmm. All I'm to do Is to be part of the solution mm-hmm. and the truth click click tree Let mm-hmm. the earth Break, break, break. One man can change the world. What a buck, oh, lots of them? Inside, itself, inside, inside This is such a different sound for the Cork Youth Orchestra Thomas, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Uh, the uh, the plan was uh, to to make a, a, a mix of Irish and and Mozambican culture. Uh, so I suppose the, the, their sound would be the, the Mirimba so and and uh, and then we have the Irish tune part of it. And uh, Paul Frost pulled it all together and made a fabulous orchestration of this. It took a fair bit of planning. Um, it's a uh, Bajo and Dom Junior. They're based uh, two musicians based in Mozambique, and uh, they work quite a bit with the Irish Embassy in Mozambique. And actually, the Irish Ambassador to Mozambique is Cork's own Nula O'Brien, who's Sean O'Brien's sister, who's our artist. So that's no. the connection. So <laughs> not that it's, I'm sure it's not very easy to get onto any embassy and do a project, but Nula is a very uh, great uh, supporter of uh, an advocate of climate. Uh, projects you know and yeah. uh, this is up on the Irish Aid uh, website there for the Irish uh, Department of Foreign Affairs so it's um, this is a timeless thing it'll come back next year it's like a John Spillane song with the cherry cherry trees this will be back next year so this is something that'll be fixed in time but it was great fun doing it you know we recorded in our new hall uh, we, you know the fact that we uh, Acoustically fixed, or we did some work on the walls. You said
3: that again a second ago. Yeah. A while about doing some. What kind of acoustic treatments did you have to do in a place yes, that? This size? hall is
12: enormous. You know, it's it's five times where we were. We've had twenty lovely years in in Deer Park. And yeah, sorry, Colas Jamin It's its a new name yeah. and uh, great time. Twenty years. I didn't realize we were there for that long. But we just were so big, and uh, uh, the, the the hall had a, had a roughly a six second delay. I mean, it is a sports hall. So we we spent all of our savings on putting uh, these uh, acoustic panels on the wall. They're 15 meters long each. There's a dozen, if not 15, of them, and uh, this, the acoustic properties now are much better. And uh, we can function there. And it's we're, well, uh, we have space, and it's bright, and it's colourful, and it's come beautiful. here.
3: You know, when uh, right the way through Zoom, tra- getting people to initially try singing or playing and stuff like that over mm-hmm. Zoom, discovering there was a delay. But if you're live, orchestrally conducting. And there's a six-second delay, or anything up to that, oh, yeah. a bounce around between sections of an orchestra. It's, it must have been, you know, impossible without yeah. a treatment. So that's so fantastic. Yeah, so we, brought in,
12: we brought in, a, a, we brought in, we brought an engineer in, and uh, and uh, we 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 we, we, uh, we, we, uh, we uh, tested the hall, and we knew what we had to do, and we had the work done over the summer. And the school were so cooperative, and uh, uh, our our. Um, this, this this new school we're in is just so beautiful, you know, and they're very much into climate change. Their roundabout is now got a, a beautiful bee hotel. Uh, they've got so many very plants on their roundabout. They're building a geodome. Um, it's a really positive, uh, you know, there's no plastic bottles allowed in the school. They're really making an impact on, on, on environmental issues, you know. I love the fact
3: that yeah. that has become part of the ethos now and the mission statement of the Cork Youth Orchestra. You know, you're not just making the mission, you know, Instilling a love of music mm-hmm. and carrying young people around the world with music yeah. on tour and all that kind of stuff. Please God, again very soon. But that uh, investing in their future is such a, a huge, huge part of it as well, well which it's, is it's, which
12: is brilliant. I mean, it's their future, yeah. it's not my future. It's their future. So, because you,
3: you did yeah. talk before about how you know how many thousands of pages does an orchestra go through in terms of musical scores and scripts and all that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. the impact of touring and everything like that that mm-hmm. happens. So, to do something like this um, and plant over a thousand trees and have that cross like. Like, intercontinental cooperation with Mozambique and everything is just stunning. Yeah. And then you come back to this majorly exciting concert in City Hall on the twenty first of May with the band True Tides. They've been all over social media with the last week, haven't they? They're
12: they're right back at it. And they're they're mm. so they're they're so fun to work with, you know, they're just happy, happy lads. <laughs> We're also the, the, the Performers Academy Youth Choir, can I mention um yes. Irene Warren and her school these lads, they work. They work so hard. They were there yesterday, now from three, from from six till nine, and smiling and happy, and they learn everything so quickly. They're a, they're an amazing bunch of children, you know children young teenagers really I oh, you know yeah yeah uh, yeah they're amazing yeah
3: so what are they doing in the concert I'm Michelle
12: de Foubert, their coach uh well they're they're uh, they singing the the backing vocals to about 7 of 2 times pieces wow and on top of that in the first half then we're doing uh dance on by Martina Mar- 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 Marquez that's the only serious piece and after that <laughs> we're just going to make it a fun concert we're doing wow. the muppets we're doing et we're doing abba um you know we're just doing fun music the first half is so audience friendly you wouldn't believe it it's it's a, we've got a we got two concerts. We've got our CYO concert and we've got a, true, a full true, true, true Ties concert. They have a, a beautiful rendition of Ode uh, by uh, Dolores Delo- uh, from uh, The Cranberries. And uh, it's just so be- so beautiful, you know? Oh, it's got to uh, be exciting.
3: Yeah. i come back to you in two seconds for the details. But meanwhile, just to come back briefly, briefly, briefly to Killian and to Anna. Um, you know, being part of an orchestra like CYO is just something so so special isn't
2: it it is it's it's fantastic um i live every week i love it coming in every saturday it's it's it makes my week to be honest it gets me through school um 'cause like school is so boring in comparison and there's so many friends in um, <laughs> No
3: offense to all the teachers out there, like. <laughs> um,
2: no uh, CYO is just great fun. I'm I, so I you know, such good friends and um everyone's in the same interests as me and it's it's just amazing. It's, yeah. It's great fun.
3: Yeah, so true. And what about you, Anna? I mean I know music is obviously part and parcel of life as well.
13: It's I totally agree with Killian. Like I feel like the two of us are in leaving Cert as well, so it's it's quite easy to, like, I don't know, a lot of people tend to forget their hobbies and to, like, do down and do the schoolwork, you know, but, like, I think this is so much more important than that, like, working with people our age, like, people, yeah, the same interests and, yeah. I don't know, working together to create something, like, it's it's... It's special. Yeah, Yeah, it it is.
3: (laughs) Listen, I can't congratulate you enough. Uh, From uh, all the clips I've seen online, people can follow uh, the Cork Youth Orchestra on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. At this stage, True Tides are all over TikTok and Instagram stories and reels in every which way possible. So, want to wish you all the very best of luck with that concert in City Hall on May 21st. Now, important housekeeping just before we go, Tomas, how do people book tickets for it?
12: Tickets.ie Simple as that. Simple as that, yep. Simple as that. Corky Doctor, Two Ties, Bridging the Gap.
3: Bridging the Gap. Listen, to Moss McCarthy and to Annie Anson and to Killian Okachisig, meal a us as tach this morning. Thanks a million for coming well, in this I'm morning. Right. And uh, wishing you the best of luck with that. We'll remind people of that concert, of course, next week again. Back after these. Yeah.
0: The Arts House.
3: Well, now, because I couldn't resist um, when we were chatting and we were just alluded to Cara O'Sullivan there when I was chatting to the Moss McCarthy of the Cork Youth Orchestra, sure, I had to play something from Cara there. That is from her album Cara Diva that she raised so much money. My God, I think hundreds of thousands of euros she raised for Marymount with that particular CD at the time gosh we miss her so much don't we it's uh, it's ironic and i suppose a little bit bittersweet that the track i just happened to choose very very quickly was je veux vivre i want to live and kara uh, lives on in her music there is no doubt about it in fact those people who create poetry and music and all sorts of things that when they're long gone, it is through their words and through their music they do live on. And what about poetry that's created right now? I mean, we often are used to sharing poetry that we love and adore from our school days or from our romantic days or whenever. But how about watching poetry being created live right in front of you? What about joining an event where you actually get to create the poetry? Well, a blend of everything is what happens with Ovale, which is held in the Hayloft Bar upstairs at the Long Valley in Winthrop Street and online actually since lockdown via Zoom, and I'm joined on the line this morning by Paul Casey, who is the director of Ovale, to tell us a bit more about it because this is going with a long time, Paul. In fact, I think last month we talked about it being your anniversary, wasn't it?
14: Uh, hello Maria, and thanks, thanks very much for having me. Um, we celebrated our 15th anniversary last month. we're delighted to say.
3: So Oveil itself began uh, very small, I imagine, with people coming together to share favourite poems or maybe uh, poetry writing techniques or come together for poetry workshops. Is that how it began?
14: Yeah, more or less. Um, In 2007, uh, we started with uh, weekly, sort of relatively informal events. Um, We had about 30 or 40 people coming to those. We'd have an open mic session and we always start the event with actually a writing exercise so people can kind of get warmed up and, and, you know, um, optionally, um, you know, read those pieces at the open mic and we'd have a prize for the winner. And and we've kept that tradition ever since. Uh, The five-word challenge, we call it. And it really kind of uh, breaks the ice for everyone.
3: It does. And in fact, right throughout lockdown, when we used to be tuning in on Zoom um, for this the start of that five word challenge where five words are chosen and everyone then tries to write a poem incorporating them. I loved how one of the screens would have like, you know, 15 minutes or five minutes of silence <laughs> just yeah. to remind everyone who'd tune in and join in, say nothing now, we're all writing. And if you tuned in at the Zoom, everyone was silently just down, scribbling on the screen. It was f- very funny if you tuned in first, but so effective even, wasn't it? Absolutely. And, you know,
14: and, and the live version of that is when you're walking up the stairs into the hayloft and it's about uh, 20 minutes to nine and you think n- there can't be anyone up there. There's no sound. And you walk in and it's packed and everyone's just writing silently away, trying to get their pieces together. So it is quite eerie at first, but what comes out of it is qu- usually quite magical, um, bizarre, surprising, and it really... Um, it's a fantastic way to to enter into the world of poetry. You know, I think um, a lot of us came from traditions, you know, where at school it, it was quite a painful experience rather than an enjoyable one. Um, so breaking down a lot of those preconceptions, you know, uh, about poetry, you know, having to be you know, serious and, you know, that you have to understand everything and that, that it can't be fun uh, is very much part of that, too.
3: Yes, fun, meaningful um and connecting, I think. You know, it's, it's quite wonderful to see every month you have guests who come and share poetry from their own anthologies or collections or works that are in progress. And the connection in the room is really wonderful and uh, very, very varied every single month depending on who's coming. So this particular month, the month of May, uh, the monthly event actually takes place tomorrow night so people can come to the Long Valley on Winthrop Street in the city centre or join online and who are the guests tomorrow?
14: Absolutely. Um, not only can they, can they join online and participate via Zoom, but they can just literally watch via any of the social media channels. You know, we broadcast it on the website, actually, um, as well as via our Facebook and YouTube channels. So um, it's optional as to, to whether you want to participate, but you can do online via Zoom, too. We'll send you the link if you, if you, if you want to do that. We, we have Tomorrow night we have um, a bilingual event. We have two of those every year because um, we like to incorporate uh, Irish language poetry, uh, into our series, um, that, that's sponsored by Farznak Galga, and tomorrow night we have Dirma Johnson and Roshin Sheehy. Uh, Roshin Sheehy is um, a poet from Gorka Gwina, from Ballyferreter, and uh, she just came out with her debut collection last year, um, she's living up in Kilkenny at the moment, so she'll be here in person, um, and then uh, Dirma Johnson, is a a Welsh Irish poet who's born in Wales and half grew up in Galway living in France so he 'll be here via zoom so it 's nice that we can have one of our future guests in the room and, and one on zoom so um, you know and, and, and they 're quite uh, different from each other they both will come with translation so there 's no fear of not being able to understand what 's going on so it 's nice you can get to understand uh, uh, to enjoy Irish poetry without having to. To necessarily understand what's being said, because the translations will will, will cover that.
3: Yes, and I also see that Debra Johnson is joining live from the Isle of Skye, which is really lovely tomorrow. Um, You did mention there, and of course it is important to to restate, if you come along to the Oveil, you can simply come along as an audience member, sit down, have your drink, and listen and watch everything that's going on. And the same online, you can simply log on to the website and just watch everything that's happening. You don't have to come and start writing poetry if you've never done it yourself or that idea freaks you out. It's very Uh,
14: Very easy to just sit and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a a mistake with Dearman reading from the Isle of Skye, (laughs) first of all. He's actually going to be in Rennes in in France. That's where his his home is. He he travels a lot, you know, um, (laughs) from uh, Wales, Scotland, Ireland and France, but he's actually over in France at the moment. So I, I loved that.
3: that little note there. So okay, that's perfect. France France is lovely
14: too. <laughs> but yeah, uh absolutely. You know, um it, you know, what's what's beautiful about it is that when you're online you can see what's happening in the room. You know, we have um a couple of different um sort of high res cameras pointed towards the stage and towards the audience. So you can get a good sense of um of the atmosphere as well. Um so there's a nice even flow back and forth. Um and then there will be readers from Zoom and readers from the room alternating during the open mic and um, 5 or challenge parts. So there's, there's a nice kind of sense of, you know, virtual and live being being being, being sort of intermingled. You know, hybrid is, is really kind of where everything's going at the moment. So we mm. kind of wanted to get um, that going as, as early as possible. And it's, it's doing wonders for us.
3: Has is yeah? What, what kind of change did it make to the I suppose the atmosphere of a veil or the reach of people taking part?
14: Well, certainly the, the reach has been enormous. I mean, because of uh, lockdown and so forth, we had to go online fairly sharply. Um, and during that two years, there was a, a, obviously a drop off in certain people who would be there regularly in person uh, who weren't necessarily technically oriented or interested, um, and then a great increase in the amount of people who were. Either, either connecting via Zoom or watching online. Um, so, with the return to the live venue, we thought well, there's no way we want to lose all of that fantastic international um, and uh, pan, you know, uh, national uh, new audiences. So, hybrid, you know, was was the only way to, to sort of do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we have, you know, and, and we're able to simulcast it on these multiple platforms. So, we have numerous different audiences at the same time, which is just just um, extraordinary in terms of building building audiences and and, and having a lot more um, um, exposure for yeah. for our guest poets and for our local poets who are reading on the open mic as well and so yeah.
3: Well, one of the things that will be important then is for people to write down the website for information because you have so much information that's up on the website all the time about poetry and literary events that are happening, but also the ahead of each monthly event, who's coming, what's happening, and also the links if you want to watch online or indeed uh, email to join and get the Zoom link if you want to actually physically or online virtually take part. So the website is simply ovail.ie.
14: Yep, that's it, ovheal.ie, O-B-H-E-A-L dot I-E.
3: Listen, honest to goodness, Paul, with over a thousand guest poets, never mind the thousands and thousands and thousands that over the years have crammed themselves upstairs in the Long Valley with over 670 events already under your belt. This is just a phenomenon, a phenomenon in Cork. And congratulations to you and to everyone involved. Uh, But also tomorrow night's event sounds really, really interesting. And thanks for joining us this morning.
14: Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I'm delighted, delighted to um, to be with you this morning and thanks for the great show.
3: That's brilliant. That's Paul Casey there, director of Ovale, and the website, of course, as he just said, there is O-B-H-E-A-L there, e. You don't need to be putting in any fathers in that particular one, um, but they'll start tomorrow night once again for the May event. Now then, we might actually get a little bit of cool in, will we? And um, this is one that Connor and myself actually have been listening to for as long as we are married. Uh Caesarea Avora has this one from her album Sao Vicente, Sao Vicente di Long.
9: Quem coiá, São Vicente de longe, cá está imaginando que Tromento não está passando. Quem coiá, São Vicente de longe, cá está imaginando que Tromento não está passando. Oi, Tonte, correr para mim oi, tant correr para baixo. Sem voo sem direção. Oi, Tom, subi fortinho. Oi, subi tribunal. Sem esperança, sem ventura. Nossa Senhora da Luz te acompanhou. Senhor, São Vicente, o traguião. Oh, I'm
3: telling you, that particular song and that particular singer and that particular album is one I've listened to for over 20 years. Yeah. We're married 20 years this year. So we've listened to that album since before we got married. Gosh.
1: It's, we're 25 I, years knowing each yeah, other. I never,
3: I never, <laughs> never, ever get never tired of that. Of um, someday we might do a whole special on that album because it just is. Oh, you know what? Fantastic. Maybe the August bank holiday or something yeah, like that when yeah, we're all in the mood well for a bit of summer. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, speaking of poetry, don't forget the Cork International Poetry Festival gets underway from the 18th to the 21st of May, so next weekend we'll be chatting about that. Click on corkpoetryfest.net to see the programme if poetry is um, buzzing you this morning. Jimmy Crowley and Eve Telford are in Church in Ballycotton on the 20th of May, so wishing them the very best of luck with that that's currently booking as well. And prepare now for the Sean of International Short Story Competition. It's open for entries. If you have been dabbling in prose or getting back into writing if that's something that happened for you in the last while. The word limit for that is 3,000 words and the closing date for the Sean O'Foylein International Short Story Competition is the 31st of July at midnight okay so go on to monster literature's website to get more details on that um okay over
1: to you for a second now Mark. i'm going to tell you about something that's happening today in the everyman at four o'clock it's free you just have to kind of get your tickets organized online in November last year the Young Playwrights Program brought together aspiring young writers to hone their scriptwriting skills and they were working with the likes of John McCarthy Katie Holly and Ender Walsh so the result is six brand new compelling pieces directed by Sophie Motley the Artistic Director of the Everman and Julie O'Leary the Learning Director and Activated Veteran in Graffiti and it's performed by an ensemble cast and they will be performing a rehearsed reading of these plays this afternoon at 4 o'clock in in the Everyman. The event is free and all they ask is that you just donate what you decide or what you want when you're booking your free Ticket. The donation will help the Everman to continue to produce and present young, engaging programmes to support young people in the arts.
3: And fantastic. And right the way throughout the week, of course, um, starting on Saturday the 14th of May, which is their opening night. In fact, Menopause the Musical 2, Cruising True Menopause, <laughs> is the play that's coming to the Everman next. But next Saturday the 14th, quite a busy day. We already told you and reminded you earlier on about the Cork Fleischmann Symphony Orchestra concert in St. Finbar's Cathedral. Next Saturday night starts at half seven just rock up to the door but that same evening Madrigal 75 Vocal Ensemble are having a short concert of choral music in St. Mary's Dominican Church in Pope's Quay also starting at half past seven, rock up to the door on that one as well. And Cork Arts Theatre this week is hosting the fabulous Blahana, which is beautiful, well worth checking out. And Runway Retros, here's a quick shout out for a last minute gig. If you don't have to get up on Tuesday morning, you just head along to uh, Crane Lane tomorrow night, 10 to midnight, Runway Retros are going to give you the gig of your life. But that is it from myself and Connor. Until next Sunday, totally out of time, we'll talk to you then. See ya.
0: FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Straight from our soil to your table Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious